Welcome to Cryptonized, the show that interviews the crypto masters and their ideas on investing and the blockchain. And now here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Nikki Brown is Director of Content Strategy at Melrose PR in Los Angeles. Today we're going to talk about how blockchain technology can transform the entertainment industry and media landscape. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Now, Nikki, uh, in a hundred words or less, because I know you've got kind of this diverse background in this space, but in a hundred words or less, can you tell us, you know, you give us a bio and, and your background and experience? Sure. So I am the director of content strategy at Melrose PR, where I head up all of our content creation and messaging when we work with blockchain and crypto focused clients. Uh, but I also have a background in film and entertainment. I earned my MFA in screenwriting from USC and you know worked in the entertainment industry at various production companies uh, for a couple years before um, joining up uh, with our CEO and founder at Melrose PR, Kelly Weaver. And kind of during that time, you know, met my now husband, Kevin's fascination and interest in independent film, uh, and recently produced and co-wrote our uh, first feature film. It's called Up on the Glass. And now we're going through that process of submitting to festivals and um, you know, crossing our fingers that we hear back. Uh, so definitely understand uh, where the, the sort of holes in the entertainment industry are and uh, the challenges that uh, independent filmmakers face. Okay, wonderful. And uh, I've got some experience in the entertainment industry uh, through a very close friend of mine. So uh, this would be a, an interesting discussion because uh, you probably know I've got somewhat of a, a deeper background in, in the blockchain as well. So before we dive into that, before we dive into your film, um, I want to talk about what's going on in the world of blockchain and crypto PR, just from your perspective and what you've seen, just to give everyone a kind of a high level view of, okay, this is PR and marketing and blockchain and PR, uh, uh, crypto today. Definitely. So um, crypto has taken this kind of whirlwind transformation from where it started. Um, you know, personally, I was introduced to this space um, by joining Melrose PR about three and a half years ago now. Um, and at that time, Melrose was more of a lifestyle meets tech fo focused communications agency. Um, but we had a couple blockchain projects that, that we represented. Uh, GEM, which at the time was a um, enterprise blockchain solution for the healthcare industry, and MadHive, um, which was working on um, blockchain solutions for advertising. And um, you know, this is before the summer of 2017 hit in which you know, these ICO projects uh, were launching and uh, you know, Bitcoin started exploding onto the, the media scene and everyone started getting curious about it. Um, so we were kind of there before the craze happened. And um, so when that summer happened, you know, we were one of the few communications agencies that knew something about blockchain. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. uh, you could say we were in the, the right place at the right time, but we also were open-minded enough uh, to you know, realize the opportunity and lean into it. So um, we kind of transitioned to become entirely crypto and blockchain focused. 
and um, you know, have been representing um, you know, dozens of projects ever since and have witnessed this extraordinary evolution of the industry where, uh, you know, projects were raising money on little more than a white paper uh, to now where there's a lot of navigating that projects have to do to make sure that they're compliant with regulations. And, um, you know, I think overall that shift has been positive. Um, we had to have someone completely dedicated to vetting projects to make sure that we were representing legitimate um, startups back in 2017. And now, you know, the space is thinned out uh, to the level where, you know, mostly there's legitimate projects left that are actually, um, you know, developing their, their projects and, and wanting communication support. And uh, just as a follow-up, is there, you know, based on your experience with blockchain and crypto, are you marketing them differently? Is PR different with blockchain and crypto than it is, let's just say, with a, another technology company? That's a really interesting question because um, actually I came into this position at, at Melrose from a journalism background. So I, I never formally studied communications. I, I learned all of that on the, on the job. Um, so I've really only worked with blockchain <laughs> projects when it comes down to it. But what I would say is that um, there's an education curve. So, um, you know, unlike maybe a lifestyle type company where, you know, you don't have to explain uh, to someone what uh, a, some sweet smelling soap is. <laughs> right. Everyone knows what soap example, is. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, people are starting to have a better understanding of, of what blockchain is, but um, there's still a lot of um, misunderstanding and there are a lot of misconceptions. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, there are still some projects that haven't behaved well and that creates a PR hurdle for the rest of us who are trying to you know tell people about the really great projects that are sincerely working to make their industry vertical better when you know there are players who are engaged in currency manipulation let's say <laughs> or uh, you know other unethical activities yeah and there, we know there's a lot of that because first of all it's global so the rules overseas don't apply uh to you know what we are facing here in the in the u.s and second of all to me it this feels like 1999 1998 when all those ipos were coming out from you know the internet.com so it really feels that way to me but That's it feels right. shadier because you can do an ICO from anywhere. So there's, there's not even US law that's applied to some of these ICOs that are coming out there. And then even post ICO in how they're managing that money they've raised, uh, there's, there's basically no requirements when it comes to disclosing what you're doing with that money. And you're not held to any particular standard. Nobody's issuing income statements or balance sheets. So it's, it's a pretty scary thing to be in and I know from my experience in marketing within the technology space versus the blockchain and crypto space, I totally 100% agree with you. It's a lot more complicated in uh, you know, the learning curve and what blockchain is and what the difference between blockchain and crypto are. But I almost think it's our fault. I don't think we're explaining it in simple terms that people grasp. I think we're somewhat, 
we're keeping it purposely obtuse for whatever reason that is because you know these these crypto enthusiasts these hardcore insiders want their own club and they don't want many other people participating it, it's it's just this weird dichotomy that i see anyway yeah yeah no it it is a very kind of uh interesting space to work in to say the least um and and of course like down the line um we're not going to be using the fact that something some project uh is leveraging blockchain technology as the hook to yeah. entice writers to cover a story um but right now because there's so much buzz around it um that can be somewhat of a hook um but i mean we don't say you know, oh, check out this project because it's, uh, it has a website or, you know, like, um, back when the internet was, was first growing, that may have been something original. Um, and it's just a reminder that we're still in such early stages. We really are. Yeah. Like internet 1996 kind of feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's get into the entertainment industry. Why does the entertainment industry even need the blockchain? Well, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And um, where I'm coming from, I, I see that, you know, people really want to watch great content. Like the demand is there, but somehow it's, you know, not being created or people aren't able to find it easily given our current system. And, you know, the current industry is really governed by gatekeepers Mm -hmm. um, that are primarily incentivized to make money, which means they're going to play it safe. Um, so that's why we see so many films based on books, um, films that are sequels, um, you know, superhero movies over and over again. There, there's not a lot of original content coming out of studios. Um, and, you know, there's a bit more variety in these streaming platforms um but similarly they also um you know are incentivized to make money and uh that means they're not going to take huge risks and um you know some really real creativity in my mind um doesn't follow the trends um it's actually new in some way uh, and I, I really think that people latch on to that and the viewers want that. Um, but because gatekeepers are incentivized to put money behind new ideas, it's not happening. Um, but sort of the spirit of blockchain says that we don't need gatekeepers as much as we have relied on them in the past. Um, you know, going back to kind of the, the first peer-to-peer -peer digital currency, Bitcoin, uh, the whole reason that, that Bitcoin was so revolutionary is that it eliminated the need for middlemen. Um, you know, you don't need a bank to send money from one person to another. That's why it's called peer-to-peer. Uh, so applying that to the entertainment industry, um, wouldn't it be great if creators were more empowered to show their, their content directly to their audience and, and allow, you know, audiences to decide what's, what's great. Um, and, and so I'm really fascinated to see the projects that are developing that and, um, 
again, still so early stages. There's yeah. a lot to be worked out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Hollywood and our existing structures and entertainment are very entrenched as well. So it's, it's going to take some time to, um, to overcome that or, you know, start to change things. See, if I, if I were in the entertainment industry, I'd be extremely worried about a decentralized blockchain because uh, I don't know if you follow Tron and what they're doing. And why, you know, they bought BitTorrent, right? BitTorrent mm -hmm. was that peer-to-peer -peer trading. I mean, what's to stop somebody from coming out with the Netflix of the blockchain and just putting up copyrighted material in uh, on the blockchain there especially if they're decentralized there's no central governing authority who's going to stop a decentralized blockchain with copyrighted assets that are up on the a blockchain and then i somehow figure out a way to charge for that service and i'm making money in china um and uh, I, I think that's part what tron is going to do with BitTorrent. i could be wrong but um you know, Tron's purchase of BitTorrent, I'm thinking to myself, let's see, they're in China. They don't really respect our copyright laws here. What's mm. to stop them from uploading movies and projects and maybe even up on the glass, sorry, Nikki, <laughs> up on the glass and uh -huh. uh, just stealing it outright. Uh, even books, you can put books, anything that can be digitized, you can put in, into a decentralized blockchain with no central authority and figure out a way to charge for it and call it the Netflix for, for blockchain. So uh, you have any thoughts on that? Uh, and what, uh, if I were in the entertainment industry, I'd be scared, I'd be, I'd be shaking. Yeah, no, I mean, that would be like one of the worst case scenarios, I think, because of, of course, um, if we really want great, great content, um, content creators need to be rewarded for, for yeah. their creativity and their creations. And, um, you know, in that situation that you just described, uh, that wouldn't be happening at all. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, I, I sincerely hope that um, the, the new system that, that we end up leaning into and um, that takes shape um, is one that rewards all participants in the, in the entertainment ecosystem. Um, you know, and there are ways to, you know, even reward viewers for, um, Kind of participating by by viewing a, a piece of content or curating uh, movies that they they really enjoyed, um, just like you know, Bitcoin uh, rewards miners for performing that essential function of um, validating transactions. Um, so, kind of once again, always looking back to to that original version, um, I, I think is helpful because I, I also do get concerned that this technology could be co-opted in a way that it really doesn't improve any of these situations. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I think that Libra is on everyone's mind um, because Facebook has, you know, 2 billion plus users. Uh, if they do succeed in, you know, through the Libra Association, uh, launching some form of digital currency, um, would it really embody the spirit of decentralization that um, Bitcoin first introduced? I, you know, I think a lot of people are skeptical about that. And, right. um, you know, many governments are fearful that it could replace sovereign currencies and 
Facebook doesn't have the best track record with, um, you know, user data privacy and, and all that either. Um, so there are valid concerns about, you know, this tech, this is technology, so it can be used for positive reasons and, and not so great reasons. Yeah, I mean, very good points. And I can see, you know, somebody setting up a blockchain in the entertainment industry for creating a film where people are contributing via blocks, they get credit for those blocks and in a, in a type of reward system. And if it's actually used in the finished product then or the finished film, then there's some other reward mechanism that, that comes in. I mean, there's all sorts of things that I can envision here. I don't know how you see it, but it wouldn't it be nice if you could go out and just say, hey, I need B-roll in Santa Monica, California. And somebody goes out, you know, 10 people go out and shoot it, put it on the blockchain, you choose one and they get rewarded more than the others. I mean, something like that. So that's a very simplistic example. I'm sure there's many other things you could do when you're build, uh, creating a film. But um, I, I, I do see some use cases there. And, and I also am worried about, what could potentially uh, happen with, you know, copyrighted material because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not going to be, I, you can't stop it because there's no one to shut down. There's nothing, there's nothing that you can do to extract or, or stop a, uh, you know, content going into a block that's, that's distributed around the world. And I don't know how authorities would stop that. In fact, you know, they've kind of tried with Bitcoin. They haven't been able to do it. So that tells me that if there's content in there, then right. uh, they're not going to be able to shut that down either. Right. Anyway, so yeah. let, let's move to your film, Up on the Glass. And, and does this film relate to blockchain or crypto? Or Can you, you know, tell us what the film's about? Sure, yeah. Um, kind of in its essence, it's about a guy who you know, tried to do everything right, tried to be a good person and, and go to a good school. Um, but life really hasn't worked out so well for him. Um, and... You know, the film begins when he's uh, traveling to visit his uh, good friend from college who has this beautiful cottage on Lake Michigan and has sort of had the opposite experience in that he, uh -huh. uh, you know, went a more corporate direction and at times hasn't behaved uh, in a moral way, uh, but life has worked out great for him. Um, and so our main character um, sort of makes a, a choice to be more like his friend uh, and, and see if, you know, things work out differently for him um, because of making that choice. Um, but, it, you know, I, I can tell you that things do not go well. <laughs> it's, a, it's more of a dramatic thriller along the lines of a, a talented Mr. Ripley, if you're familiar with that movie. Of course. Yeah, one of my, yep. one of my favorites. So it doesn't relate to blockchain or crypto, but you might want to distribute this or market this in uh, the space or is it just totally unrelated and just another passion yours? I mean, I think that that's definitely something that we're exploring in terms of uh, maybe distributing it on a blockchain-based platform of some kind. Um, right now, we're you know submitting to festivals and, and going that avenue to see if right. uh, we can gain a little attention that way. Um, but, um, you know, the, the distribution system is, is tough. And, um, so we're, we're definitely considering, um, a more, you know, decentralized option. Um, if we're going to self distribute anyway, um, maybe that would be preferable. 
to well, I always thought somebody could tokenize a film, just mm -hmm. a single film. Now, I don't know how successful this would be. And maybe it's not tokenizing the film, but the studio. And then any kind of products that are released out of this studio, or even if it's just a film, people are rewarded for watching it, you know, socializing it, uh, getting other people to watch it. Um, yep. It'd be interesting to kind of explore that. That might be too expensive to set up and, and put out there, but it'd be interesting to see if somebody's even thought about doing something yeah. like that. It's just a new well, way of just getting people to watch it. And there definitely are. There's, there are actually many projects that are exploring these, these very same ideas that, that you just articulated. Um, I'm just a few that, uh, that I know of off the top of my head. Um, you know, Filmio, that's film.io, uh, Pop Network um, are both developing solutions for entertainment industry, as well as Breaker, which um, some people may remember as Singular DTV, but they rebranded as Breaker. And actually, to date, I think they've been the most successful. Um, a big side of whether a project uh, in the space is going to be successful or not is how user-friendly it is. And you know, that includes the design of the platform. You know, do people like uh, spending time there? And Breaker has done a really nice job of creating um, you know, a platform that is... Uh, pretty intuitive to navigate. You still have to, um, you know, if you're new to blockchain, you have to learn how to set up a wallet. And, um, right. you know, that that's still a hurdle that um, all these projects across industry verticals are trying to figure out <laughs> how to make that yeah. more simple. But, um, you know, Breaker has launched uh, films on their, their platform, uh, let's see if I can remember one, the Trust Machine is actually about um, blockchain technology. Um, they released that through their portal. Um, so initially that was the only place that you could view it. Um, and they do have an artist portal where, you know, anyone could upload, upload content and uh, monetize it themselves. Um, so these platforms do exist. It's just that, you know, there, there's this actually PR challenge of how do you get people to um, know about these platforms and, you know, want to um, overcome maybe the technical uh, aspects of... That's okay, the gotta, biggest thing. Yeah, create a wallet versus just, oh, I'm, I already have Netflix, I'll just go there. Um, yeah. But hopefully, you know, the draw to view new content and, as you mentioned, the incentives of potentially being rewarded as a viewer or as a curator um, will overcome, you know, just the convenience of these existing systems down the line. Yeah, I, I see it that way too. I think the, the number one thing that we've got to solve is to make it a lot easier for people to participate <laughs> because the, you know, 30 minute process to getting one to play a game or watch a film or whatever it is, they just the average person's going to give up. It's only the diehard, hardcore people that are going to continue to 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 do it. So we've got to solve that in the industry. There's a lot of things we've got to solve, but that, that's the primary one. You know, why do I have to use Scatter or MetaMask to to do yep. anything to, to do with fiat? It's just it's so crazy to me that mm -hmm. nobody's figured this out. And I know you know the credit card companies and PayPal and all they they're they're a major problem as well. You know, getting them on board with this. But still, there's got to be a better way. And I think, you know, I, and I know for a fact there are companies that are going to 
be solving this in the next couple of months. So it, it'll be interesting going forward. I, yes. I want to switch yep. back to PR and marketing for just a second, just to close things out. The, do you have like a, an incredibly interesting project that you're working on in, in crypto with a client or maybe yourself or, or what have you that you'd like to share? Sure, I could, I could share a couple of them. Um, so Pi Network, you know, we were just talking about how do we get people to be interested in this space, which um, requires many times a lot of technical knowledge. Um, Pi Network, Network is directly addressing that issue <laughs> and uh, they're making earning tokens very easy for the everyday person. Uh, you just download an app. We all know what apps are, so you go and uh, go to mindpi.com uh, and you can download the, the app for Android or an Apple phone. And um, actually, they, they've done this very interesting thing where they are leveraging social networks to secure their ledger. So Bitcoin uh, use, uses something called proof of work. Uh, that's why um, you know, people hear about mining and how energy intensive it is. Basically, these computers have to compete to solve a very complex math problem. And um, because of the competition, now it involves um, so much energy and electricity co uh, consumption to win at um, being the first to solve that math problem. And um, so what Pi has done is um, actually, you know, use people's uh, relationships, uh, so other members that they know in the network, um, to help the entire network uh, determine which transactions are valid and not. Uh, so that at the technical level is what they're doing that's really unique. Um, but at the very basic level, you can you know, just download the app and start earning Pi tokens. Um, and, and of course, looking to the future, they'd like this you know, Pi social cryptocurrency to uh, form the foundation for a new type of digital ecosystem in which everyone can be rewarded for their contributions. Um, so that kind of ties into what we were talking about in entertainment, where um, whether you're curating content or sharing a video that you made, um, or just you know liking, let's say to use the Facebook equivalent um, to show encouragement to to creators, um, all of that is validated through rewards in some fashion. Um, so Pi Network, that's a pretty cool one. Uh, the other project I'll mention is um, Anchor. So their website is uh, theanchor.io, and uh, they are a stablecoin. Um, so aiming to address this issue of volatility and uncertainty in, in the economy um, through their stablecoin that's actually pegged to the global economy. So um, this is a little bit uh, yeah, that work? economics, I suppose. But um, so fiat currencies uh, like the US dollar, the euro, um, uh, all suffer from inflation, uh, right? Like we, we're all familiar right. with that. Um, so any of these stable coins that you hear about, Libra included, uh, that, are, that discuss pegging themselves to uh, fiat currency or a basket of fiat currencies are all going to suffer inflation just like their fiat counterparts do. So though they, you know, kind of say 
this is a stable currency. They're not really, right? Like they're going to lose value over time. Um, and so by pegging itself to the global economy, which regardless of, you know, individual market events affecting certain countries, over time, it's been proven that overall GDP has grown at an average of 2.5% over the past 25 years. Uh, so they use an algorithm to measure that, uh, that growth, and, and that becomes their, their value peg. Um, you know, definitely, if anyone's interested in learning more about Anchor, recommend going to their website and downloading the white paper. Uh, it it's, gets a little bit um, complicated <laughs> when it comes, <laughs> comes down to how the algorithm works and whatnot. Um, but when it comes down to it, they are uh, seeking to address this kind of longstanding issue that we have of uh, market volatility and, um, you know, we are experiencing this kind of uptick in uh, uncertainty across the global economy today. So, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. I mean, if it's tied to the, so it's really not tied to, nobody's putting global economy, uh, you know, currency into a bank and tying it uh, to that. It just sounds like it's pegged somehow. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of dive in and see, see how they're doing that. I know more and more of these things are going to, algorithms and, and not tied directly to to the dollar or some other fiat currency exactly yep that's interesting stuff i mean bitcoin for example is uh, creates value through through scarcity right um and uh I, it's fascinating to think about but like what's the u.s dollar based on it used to be tied to gold but not anymore so right. <laughs> it's right. kind of weird stuff when you really dive into it yeah well the u.s i mean at least the u.s dollar is tied to a tax base so mm -hmm. there's there's something there but um yeah i mean I, hey if you're a math geek and you really want to figure this stuff out i'd love to have you on this show and explain it to me you know tether to me is something very simple to understand it's tied to the u.s dollar but some of these other algorithmic types of of uh stable coins uh sounds very interesting to me I, i'd love to have somebody kind of come on and explain them in layman's terms because it's way beyond my uh my what what did i take uh i think i took trig 101 and that that was it that was beyond that you, you've got me yeah so, i'm with you on that <laughs> <laughs> all right so final question i ask everybody this question if in a hundred words or less if you could invest a fictional hundred thousand dollars in one or two cryptos what would they be and why Ah, yes, that's a very good question. I know a lot of people uh, who get into this space, it's because they're, you know, interested in, in making money through these investments. That, that's not what drew me to the space. It's more <laughs> of a, a fascination with the technology and how it could transform these, these different industries to empower people with more control over their, their value and their data. Um, I will say that some projects that I think are doing great things, um, I'm not sure about investing $100,000, but, but maybe. Um, I think the Brave browser is uh, a really great concept, and you know, it's a browser that you can use today. Um, and, and essentially, you set your preferences to pay micropayments to publishers that you visit um, so that you can have an ad-free experience. Uh, so they are actually turning the, the sort of advertiser model on its head. 
So there's one. <laughs> no. uh, I, I also think that Steemit, um, you know, they've been around since uh, at least 2016. Uh, they're one of the first publishers to successfully, you know, launch and they have hundreds of thousands of users and they're, you know, rewarding uh, people for posting content in a decentralized way. Um, so I, I think those projects that have been around and, um, you know, they've been proven to work and are still here, that, that says something. Yeah, totally says something. And, you know, I, I love the direction the industry's headed. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I don't, I think people are just not thinking through some of these things and they're just throwing things up against the wall, see if they stick. And I saw the same thing in the dot-com um, wild heydays in the, in the late 90s. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how, how things shake out here. But Nikki, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, I want everyone to know that uh, if you're interested in her film, you can go to uh, www.upontheglass.com. And if you're interested in working with her PR company for crypto or blockchain related projects, go to Melrose PR. Dot com. These will all be in the show notes, so don't worry about writing it down if you're in the car. Please don't write it down if you're in the car. Lastly, if you enjoy our podcast, please write a review for us in the Apple Podcasts and Google Play apps. Your reviews encourage us and help us and others to choose our podcast. Uh, just a final reminder, and you'll hear this again at the end of the show, we're not financial advisors. That was a fictional $100,000. And anything that Nikki talked about or we talk about on the show should not be considered or construed as financial advice. We encourage you to do your own research and come up with your own conclusions. But if you do have a hot tip, please send it to me. Just kidding. Thanks, Nikki, again. Thanks talk so much, soon. Mark. Really appreciate it. A reminder that we are not financial advisors and anything we talk about or refer to on the show should not be considered or construed as financial advice. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions.